it's wonderful to be here with you all and to, to worship and, and uh, try this and celebrate this new thing of Gospel Music Sunday. A big special thanks to Jeff and the choir and uh, all the folks who, who make this possible. Um, I wanted to share a few words with you since you won't see me for a little while. I thought I owed you that at least. Um, so um, as we talked about, I'll be on sabbatical the next few months. Um, and uh, if you're new here or, or uh, just need a refresher, this is something our denomination um, does as uh, it is modeled on the Sabbath commandment from the Old Testament uh, to give pastors um, a time of rest and renewal every seven years. Um, and uh, I'm, one, I'm extremely grateful for this opportunity. Um, and two, I hope it goes without saying, but I'll miss you all dearly. Um, during this time, I'll um, be doing a few special things. Uh, first is that I graduate next week with my Doctor of Ministry degree, so I'm excited for... for oh, please don't... No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Um, and a couple things I'll be focusing on this summer. Um, one is family worship. Um, at, my wife lovingly loves, likes to tell me that I don't know what it's like to parent in the pew, and, and some of y'all are getting some <laughs> great experience of this, so that is one thing that I'll be doing this summer. We're going to be worshiping with different congregations and in different traditions to see how different denominations and churches welcome families in and engage children in worship, so I hope to, to come back with some, some new ways that we can continue to grow in this area as a church. Um, the second one I'll be focusing on is the idea of friendship in the Christian life. I'll be doing this by spending some time with my friends as well as reading and thinking about um, the, the importance of friendship in, in um, the Christian life for us today. Um, and my first sermon back September 3rd, I'll be preaching on the idea of friendship in the Christian life. So uh, we'll be excited for that as well. So in addition to, to that and Gospel Music Sunday, today is also the seventh Sunday of Easter when the church typically um, thinks about and, and celebrates the ascension of our Lord. And that's the text that we heard today. Um, this is a, a, an important moment in, in kind of the story of, of who we are as, as Christians. So it, it's definitely one that deserves some time and attention. Um, our text is from Acts, which is written by the gospel writer Luke as a sort of sequel to the gospel. And interestingly, Luke ends his gospel, the gospel of Luke ends with the story of Jesus' ascension, and his sequel, Acts of the Apostles, begins with the ascension. So the ascension is sort of a linchpin between Christ's ministry on earth and the apostles' ministry, the, the followers of Jesus' ministry as the early church. So this is a vital moment, a vital inflection point in the story of who we are. So in our story today, so there's something really important to notice off the bat. The disciples, the 12 folks, well at this point 11, folks who have been following Jesus and are his closest followers, um, throughout the gospel they're called the disciples, but something big happens as we move to Acts. By the end of the gospel, Luke starts referring to these folks as the apostles. And that's how they're referred in our, to in our text today. It's an important name change. Disciples are the disciplined ones. They're students, they're learners, they're followers. But now they're called apostles. An apostle comes from the Greek word apostello, which means to be sent out. 
So in this, this very important but kind of subtle name change, Luke is saying these folks are no longer students, they're no longer followers, now they're apostles. Now they're sent out to continue Jesus' ministry in the world. That's an important thing to remember as we talk and think about the ascension. So as the story takes place, they arrive at the, same, the spot Jesus tells them to meet them at, and as they do, the apostles have an important question. Lord, is this the time? Is this the time when you'll restore the kingdom to Israel? This is the big hope in that time. And the big hope is that the Messiah would come and would bring back and restore the kingdom of Israel, freeing them from Roman rule and bringing back the good old days of King David and King Solomon. Jesus snuffs this out pretty quick by saying it's not for us to know the times or seasons of, of what God is up to in the world. But he leaves them with a promise, saying you will receive the Holy Spirit not long from now. We know that will happen in the very next chapter as Pentecost happens. Our youth will be telling us that story next week. So it's the promise of God's Spirit, God's continued presence And with that presence comes the promise of power. So you will have God's presence and God's power with you as you go out to be the apostles in the world. Jesus ascends and it's, as you can imagine, quite a remarkable moment. And so like anybody, the the apostles are stuck looking like this. They're looking up because it's truly a magnificent sight and uh, one that would shock anyone, including people that saw their Lord and Savior die and rise again. Even to them, it was a remarkable moment. That is until these two mysterious uh, figures in white robes show up, who are probably my two favorite characters in the whole Bible. These guys showed up at the resurrection in Luke's, Luke's gospel. As the women look into the empty tomb, they say, why do you look for the living among the dead? And here they have an equally important question. Men of Galilee, notice they don't say disciples, they don't say apostles, they say men of Galilee, why do you gaze heavenward? Why are you looking up? An important question, a challenging question for the apostles then and us today. Now I've always felt a little bad for the apostles at this moment. Uh, One, because it's such a magnificent sight, I think we'd all be stuck looking up. But two, if you've gotten to know me over my seven years here as pastor, you've come to know that I'm a little bit of a daydreamer. I'm someone who gets lost in my own head and my own thoughts from time to time. So I I kind of uh, amount this to to a bit of spiritual daydreaming by, by looking up. Something happens, though, when Jesus is talking to the the apostles I didn't share that that helps make sense of this question and what's really going on. After the promise of God's continued presence through the Spirit, after after Jesus promised that they'll have God's power with them along with the presence of the Spirit, he says something else. Because of these two things, you will be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. When you remember that little line then, 
it kind of helps make sense of what these two robed figures are saying to the apostles. One way you could think of it is they're saying as they're looking up, stop acting like disciples and start being apostles. Stop being followers and students and go out and be Jesus' witnesses in the world. Why are you looking up? You should be looking out. You shouldn't be looking up into the heavens. You should be looking out into the world that needs the the reminder of God's love for them in Jesus. That is what's going on here. You're no longer disciples. You are apostles sent out to spread God's love and peace and justice out into the world. Stop looking up and start looking out that you might do this, that you might be the witnesses Christ has called you to be. Friends, we are Christ's witnesses. As those who have continued on the ministry of the early church, we, along with our Baptist friends next door, along with our Methodist friends down the street, our Catholic friends, our Episcopalian friends, we don't have enough time for me to go on and on, but you get the idea. We are Christ's witnesses. We are called to share the love, grace, mercy, and justice of Christ out into the world, to be the witnesses. So we can't just look up, we also have to look out, to look out in the world. It doesn't mean we have to neglect worship and and prayer and fellowship. In fact, the story ends with that beautiful note of the apostles returning to Olivet and devoting themselves to constant prayer. When you hold that intention with the rest of the text, it's even when you're in prayer, even when you're in worship, it's not just looking up, it's looking out into the world as well. Even when we're in prayer, even when we're in devotion, even when we're in fellowship together, we're always attuned to the needs of the world around us. Our friends, we have a beautiful reminder of that here at WPC. And you've heard me talk about it before, but I'm not going to be here for a few months, so I, I thought I owed you this again. And I'm going to make all these folks nervous by walking back here. But don't worry, the camera I told the camera not to follow me. But... Um, We have this beautiful reminder of this in our sanctuary that when we gather to worship, we're not only here as as a community, as the people of God, even as we're worshiping, our windows are open out to Main Street. Even as we're gathered here as a family of faith, we are still looking out into the world God so loves, seeing how we can, can spread God's love and God's peace in the world. Friends, this is our constant reminder to not just look up, but to look out. And when we look out, we will see the risen Christ present in the world, especially with those in need in our midst. So friends, my message to you as as we begin this summer, this, this time, is to go and be the witnesses you have been called to be in Christ. Go and keep looking out, keep looking for ways to spread the love and mercy of our Lord, knowing that we will find him as we do this. May it be so, friends. Amen.